Welcome to the Commerce Talks podcast today in Riyadh. It's a seamless sounds podcast booth. Hope sounds also works for uh, the listeners uh, today. Lina is with me again uh, for this remarkable podcast because it's, um, I think it's the first episode we are talking about uh, Bahrain. Absolutely. From, uh, for, uh, from a business from Bahrain. So we have talked about it whenever we talked about the region, but the first, first time we talk about uh, your marketplace business homies. Please introduce yourself and your business. Well, thank you very much, Alex and Lena. There's the first time for everything. Uh, I'm Zarek Hadrasul, one of the co-founders and the chief digital officer, because we don't have chief executive officer uh, for homies. We are a marketplace which has been founded five years ago. Uh, across different verticals. We do work in uh, around 13 verticals, but with the focus of electronics, household appliances, cosmetics, perfumes, fashion, and so. Uh, I would call ourselves, we are the largest marketplace in Bahrain, but for non-food. We don't deliver biryani. We don't deliver, deliver shawarma. We don't deliver pizza. We don't deliver burgers. We deliver everything else. We lift that business for someone else. Uh, fortunate for us when the COVID came just boost everything online and it just made everything online so here where we have been the star in Bahrain Nice, can you please uh, enlighten us a bit about the structure of uh, Bahrain uh, how, how big is it, how many people are living uh, living there my, people might have seen Qatar during the World, World Cup, Cup yeah. <laughs> some of them uh, do have an, uh, an understanding about Dubai because there's a flight connection from their local Airport, Saudi's upcoming, and nobody understands it uh, yet. But uh, tell us more about Bahrain. Well, Bahrain is, uh, we call it the heart of the Gulf. And rarely you might hear someone comparing a country for a city, but they call us the mini Dubai. Just imagine, okay, the mini Dubai. So Dubai itself, it's larger and bigger than Bahrain. We are quite small island. Our entire population approximately is just 2 million and around 55 to 60% they are expats, they are working. So we are the minority, they are the majority. And that helped us to have a very blended uh, geographical and demographical uh, structure within the country itself. And the people that are coming to Bahrain to work, is it like a certain industry? Are they working in the oil industry or gas industry or in retail industry? What is it, the main focus? Uh, what is the business model? Yeah, indeed. Uh, if you come for all the Gulf countries, they were relying on the oil, gas for the past decades. But for, for Bahrain, uh, yes, we do have the oil. Everyone, everyone, they are looking for the Gulf countries, you are guys, you are having the oil comes from the house taps, which is incorrect, okay? But the oil comes first. We have started within the services. One of the things on, or one of the facts that it's quite clear for people in that region that Bahrain considered as number one, the Fintech hub. We are quite pioneers when it comes for the, to... For the region. For the region. And as we are at the Fintech uh, Expo, more or less, or... Do many of these vendors here I see at the uh, Seamless are coming from Bahrain or do we have a, an office no, there? No, they are not. Offices, yes, most probably. But what's, what matters most is they are considering us as the sandbox of the Gulf. So if you want to experiment anything, you will not start it in Qatar, you will not start it in Saudi Arabia, you will not start it in Emirates. They will start it in Bahrain because it's, well, it's more friendlier when it comes for the regulations. Uh, you can 
get things, experiment things way easier, better. For example, we were the first country that they are licensing the cryptocurrencies of the entire region. So right now you can regulate things related as a product under cryptocurrencies only in Bahrain. Dubai, just I guess last year, here, the other countries, they have not started yet when it comes for the cryptocurrencies. The open banking as a concept, it started in Bahrain. The 4G, 5G, when it comes for the telecommunications, it started in Bahrain. If it's successful, now you can roll it for the neighbor countries. And that's what almost everyone in this region, they are treating Bahrain like that, which it gives us like plus plus advantage. And uh, just to add to that, which I think it would be every listener can resonate, when Amazon decided to come to the mm-hmm. Middle East, right, Middle East, they didn't go to the UAE, which they knew about it very well. They actually chose Bahrain as to set up their Amazon web services. Yeah. So Bahrain has always became like the country. So any, any company you see now here on AWS, you know, their data is being hosted out of Bahrain. And uh, yeah, even I think Bezos, you know, is we need to charge them for having their data on our country. Yeah, <laughs> so everything sits in Bahrain. You know, like all the all the data. It's very very appealing regulation for the startups, and you, have, you are like mini Dubai. So Amazon came to Bahrain, but still you're running the biggest marketplace. Um, well, no, Amazon, like the Amazon. I know, I know, I know. But you know, if Amazon Web Services, <laughs> it's, it's not like a big step to to assume <laughs> that like the retail business is also joining. Yeah, indeed. And just to add to that, related for AWS, we do have, I think, two or three internet exchange hubs in Bahrain, which is something quite important. So we are connecting regions through Bahrain. Oh, okay. And um, so tell us a bit more about the, the marketplace um, um, itself. Uh, five years ago, you started it, when, yes. I'm, when, I'm, when I'm correct. So what core category did you start with? Uh, um, was it is it like a full marketplace or do you own some of the inventory risk and work as a retailer uh, yourself or how did you kickstart it? Sure. Well, uh, I wouldn't say in that area we were the pioneers. Uh, we were starting like crazy people. We want to do. We want to be, be the next Amazon. We want to be the uh, the largest. We want. We want. We want. When we have started five years ago, two thousand eighteen, the June two thousand eighteen. We have started by onboarding any vendor on any particular category, including even services, catering, uh, fashion, except for the food. It was like, we will do that later. And that gave us, at least from that point of view, no focus because we weren't doing anything uh, correctly. And that helped us to understand where to focus because at the end of the day, your business, either you want to scale it up or you want to quit it over the time. And was it, until that moment for us, it wasn't clear what we want to do. We had the passion, we had the knowledge, we had the expertise, we had the funds, we had the capital to start. So when we had started, we at least put the focus of just on board any vendor on any category, on any vertical, let them start, let them sell. Uh, we want to be the one-stop shop for everyone. But as we are growing, as we have succeeded on different aspects. We have found out it will not be practical or useful to sell everything. doesn't make any sense. Yes, our thoughts will be the online mall. You will be the one-stop shop. Nevertheless, 
there's a different user experience and customer experience and the brand experience for different verticals. So if you are selling grocery, it is unlike the experience when you are picking your laptop. It's totally different. There they are expecting more of quick commerce experience. Here, no, they want more of details, more of comparisons, more of warranties information. They want, they want everything to be seen. Uh, so around two years later, we just started, I would call it, we have started to cut off some of the verticals, such as the fashion. Fashion experience is totally different, extremely totally different. It's not just like add to cart, it doesn't work. And here when we have started to get a shed a little bit, is not, not only on the technical side, but even how does the customer perceive the experience? How is the touch points? Where's the button that they need to check to see and so? When we have implemented our mobile application, like uh, one year later, it was also a different experience because we have started. It was like a similar uh, mobile view for the website. Nevertheless, for the mobile application, we had to revamp everything to make it look like something totally different. Until date, I can see always there's a room for improvements. And it's interesting, you know, you say that you try to cut vertical. So what about the team, right? So the same way as you were trying to onboard it, even like logistics-wise, commercial-wise, even marketing. So has that transformed you all, like homies as an organization? You know? So maybe you can tell us, how do you? How many people you have working for you? Are you relying mainly on agencies? Have you tried to build your own tech? Are you working with external, let's say, performance marketing companies, or you build a team? Because talent is a big thing in in this this part of the world, and and it's hard to find. And as you said, Bahrain is small market. So tell us a bit more. What's the business model? You know, in terms of the structure itself. Indeed, I guess you have given me just seven questions. So let me just start <laughs> one by one. Uh, when it comes to the structure. Uh, we were initially focusing the main thing into the commercials. So the entire team revolving are set up into the commercials. How likely I can set up the air conditioners? How likely can I sell mobile? Against how likely I'm going to sell, for example, nuts and so That helped us uh, because at the end of the day, what matters for many of, uh, I would say, the co-founders or the investors is your profitability and your scalability. Can you scale this up? Can you take it for the next level? What other countries will be interested to have such a product in their country and so on? And as well as profitability. For us, we would rather sell one iPhone rather than a small size orders of like 50 different orders. Uh, I believe I gave the team a bit of a hard time because we were very agile. You don't hear a lot of very and agile because agile is quick. And, but we were quite very, very agile. We were, yes, we do have a vision. We have a strategic focus. But as we go, we were like intercepting different things over the time. So we were thinking on different projects. Uh, I, can't say, I can't say that we have been succeeded all the time. In fact, nobody is. We have failed many times. And from these failures, we have learned a lot. We have implemented in 2020 the concept of the digital expos. Okay, here in the region, the exhibitions, uh, we have exhibitions in two categories. Like there's an exhibition for the household appliances, there's an exhibition for handicraft items, there's an exhibition for the electronics, and so on. These experiences were being held into like a physical places. 
big hall, people just come, showcase their products and so on. So we have done the first digital expo. It was under the patronage of the, our minister, the Minister of Commerce in Bahrain. And we have partnered up with a company which they help us to virtualize products instead of just add to cart, but rather than you will be able to see them, rotate them, uh, move within like the shops and so on. It was very challenging because again, there's a cost for the innovation. There's a cost for the change. Uh, we are, we have started to work with different service providers on different levels. I have me myself changed the platform at least three times. And I wasn't ashamed of that because different stages, we had different needs, different models, different thoughts. Uh, yes, there's a cost associated. There's a risk associated. The replatforming, the migration, it wasn't just overnight job. Yeah. It takes some time. I have been, I guess, insulted many times from the, my team. But at the end of the day, what matters is the company objectives. Till date right now, we do have a blended model, which many of the functions held it locally or in-house. And some of the functions are held by third party or experts from outside. It comes to my mind right now, our tech partners, what, what we have worked with them, Crash, Crash Techno Labs. I'm not mentioning their name because they were good, but they were adaptive because every like three, four weeks, I'm thinking, hey guys, I do have new thoughts about new things. I have a new scope that I need to discuss with you. And so it was giving them a hard time because it's not easy to change scopes over time. But that helped us right now over this five years journey to right now making homies getting ready for the next, what we we'll call it, the next homies, homies 2.0, most probably, which is an AI marketplace where the customers, they don't need to browse or navigate. They can just ask and we will find for them the best fit products. Can you give us some um, KPIs from your marketplace? Uh, revenue, amount of products, how many baskets, how many, how many retailers are working with it? Well, uh, one of the most uh, important uh, KPIs would be the profitability. Okay. Uh, how likely are your overall revenue? I think everyone working in a commercial aspect, they will think about that as number one. Even if they say no, number of clients, number of leads, number of prospects, yes, it's not a charities anymore. It's a business. So definitely you'll look after how likely you are making that business in terms of dollars from your clients. Uh, number two, I would say it is more of traffic. The reason why uh, I do have different schemes that I'm working with our vendors. One of them is like one-time payment based on different aspects. Some of them, small businesses, it's based on a monthly subscription. On a monthly basis, I'm taking a small amount. These vendors, they are not relying on the online sales, but rather they are relying on the exposure they are getting from homies. I will give you an example. We do have one of the vendors. He is selling uh, Omani perfumes. It's a very expensive one. Each one, it costs you not less than $200 to $300, the perfume itself. So how likely people, they will buy a perfume, such a, such a perfume is not Chanel, it's not Dior, it's not Versace, it's local brand. They will buy it without smelling it. Not that much. However, because they are getting exposed from our end, through our platform, through our digital channels or the marketing channels, 
they are getting a footfall to the shop because they have seen the products. So that's their satisfaction as a vendors. Uh, we do have the number of, uh, I would call the lifetime value. Perhaps many of the businesses, they do have different understanding for the lifetime value. But since we are focusing on electronics and household appliances, our customers' frequency, purchase, pattern, it does matter. How likely you will buy a laptop per year or a mobile per year or air conditioner or TV per year? In your best cases, once. I, 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 I understand those KPIs, but we need some hard facts so people can imagine. So what are we talking? Do, uh, is, is it a business uh, doing like 10 orders a day, 1,000 orders a day, 10,000 orders a day? Uh, well, see, uh, for us, uh, I'll talk about nowadays. We are talking about 100 to 200 orders per day. Okay, but these are within electronics, uh, perfumes, cosmetics. Back in COVID 2019, 2020, uh, in specific, we were doing thousands of orders. But for me, these thousands of orders, I will call them just like a footfall. Because what is your profit out of the day is a commission. What is, if you'll take 5 to 10% commission out of $5 basket value order, how much is it for you? Peanuts. These peanuts, with any single failure or any risk associated, it will burn your commission. And right now, we are on the track of scalability and going bigger and larger. It's not the track to satisfy some of the vendors or players in the market. With our um, guests, like before this episode, we talked about um, e-commerce, uh, the e-commerce share of all retail share. Uh, it was the CEO of Monopoly Tunisia, and there I learned it's less than 5%. I think in Bahrain, e-commerce must be higher already from in like fashion category, consumer electronics category. What is, what is e-commerce share? See, we do have one nice thing in Bahrain, which is the, the weekly report it is shared by the Central Bank of Bahrain. You can find there the percentage of the e-commerce share, the categories, is it going higher, is it going lower. They're even sharing on a monthly basis a report about the credit card, debit cards from Bahrain, issued by, outside Bahrain. So e-commerce is taking right now somewhere between 23 to 30% on monthly basis. Of the total overall categories, all categories during COVID, it was almost hitting 70 to 80 percent. For us, right now, all the for example, all the government transactions, I would say 90 95 percent, you can do it online, pay whatever you want, uh, renewal your passport, you have some uh, penalties, whatever you name it, we have it uh, online. Uh, the food sector, right now, the restaurants, I would say the majority. The majesty, you will find them online. And it's quite funny that the online sales nowadays in Bahrain, it's overcoming the offline sales. The dine-in experience is not that much nowadays, even from luxurious restaurants. People just tend to... Just, just to understand. So you don't go to the, the luxury restaurant anymore. You will order at the restaurant and get it served at home? Yeah. Okay. Well, still, it's still there. but. When it comes to like the measures of the people, uh, it's similar for the Gulf countries. Here in Saudi Arabia, it's Riyadh. This is the mega city or the main city. If you go for Emirates, it's Dubai. When it comes to Bahrain, it's entire Bahrain. It is the mega. It is the main city. <laughs> there's no okay. There's no focus on Manama or Muharraq or different cities. The entire Bahrain it can be congested within an hour. It can take you like a hell of time just to arrive for your destinations. 
So that's where everyone started to embrace the digital transformation and going online and thinking about how likely they are having a good footfall and presence online, whether through applications, through the platforms, or through even their own websites. Yeah, very insightful. Thank you Thank for you. being on the Commerce Talks podcast. 